What up, dudes? This is Fear the Father, where I talk about God in hopes of empowering young men in the name of Christ. My name is Tanner, and I'm here with the guys from the 43 Project. And this week, we're going to be talking about how our faith is not a la carte. single thing off the menu individually and I think that a lot of people live a way that their faith is like this where they read the Bible and they're like "Ooh, I like that so I'm gonna take that part and then they read another part and they're like man skip that that's not that good I'm gonna leave that part and not worry about that so much and just focus on this area that I do like and that's just not the way it works it doesn't work like that you got to do everything that's in the Bible literally the first thing on my notes here is don't be lukewarm there's a verse about that. I think it's in Revelations. I should oh, I did write it down. Never mind. It's I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would I would rather that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's in Revelations 3:15 through 16. And the most important part of that is just don't be lukewarm. I think that our generation and I think that Christianity as a whole has a ton of people that are really lukewarm right now in their faith and are on fire for God in many ways and in many areas of their life, but then are not so much in other ways. And I think that that is just a major reason why a lot of people don't experience God's grace in its fullest, because it is possible to miss out on God's grace. Even if you love him, even if you have a relationship with him, you have a relationship with Jesus and you're praying and you're fully in love and fully in tune with him, if you are choosing to turn a blind eye to some things in your faith, you are undoubtedly going to miss out on some of God's grace and favor in your life. You got to be either in or out. I think that one area that people are kind of out in our generation is in tithing. I don't know why I always end up talking about money in some way, shape, or form, but tithing is a major, major thing. It's a huge part of the Bible, And it's something that's very controversial in a lot of churches. But I think that if you have the resources and the income, you should be tithing. Anything that's coming into you should be given out 10%. You know, in my life, I just experienced this in such a major way. It was was kind of crazy to me. It was almost surreal. I was, uh, I was spending my paycheck money, just living life large, doing my thing. I did not tithe right away like I should. I get paid every two weeks, so I was balling out. I had some cash in in the bank account, and I was like, what do I want to do today? And I was like, hmm, I want to play some Mario Kart. Well, I own a PlayStation, so how am I going to play Mario Kart? And I'm like, well, I'm going to trade in my PlayStation and buy a Switch. So I went to do that, and I was like, I'll get a couple hundred bucks for my PlayStation. It's going to be dope. I'll be able to get a Switch for like a hundred bucks. Traded in my PlayStation, and of course, the homeboy at GameStop was like, I'll give you $84 for everything that you own. And I was like, word, I'm already here. It's too late now. How much for this Switch? So I spent like $200 more than I planned on my Switch, and that was my tithe money. And I was like, oh, snap, I'm in trouble. I didn't tithe. But I'll just skip it because it's not that big a deal. But it is. So on my way to youth group, 
I uh, mentor some of the eighth graders at my church, and I felt like I was really called to tithe to them. We have an event coming up, and we wanted to make it cheaper for those guys to be able to go. And so I really felt like I was called to give my week's tithe to that. And this was my last week to do that. And I knew that if I didn't do it this week, I I would miss my opportunity and I would not do what I felt God had put on my heart. And I'm just bopping my way down the road, going to youth group. And I'm like, man, I got to stop at the bank. I hate being late, but I was like, I got to stop at the bank. So I stopped at the bank, got some cash out and brought it. And I was like, God, you're just going to have to provide for me, man. Cause I got 40 bones in my bank account and that's got to get me through the rest of the week. And that ain't enough. And so I did it and I was like, all right, I feel good, but also I'm scared cause I don't have any money and this is going to be a long week. And I'll tell you what, literally the next day at work, I walked in and I was there for maybe an hour and a half. And my boss was like, Tanner, I got to have a meeting with you and close the door. So I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm about to get fired. Not only did I just give all my money away, I'm about to lose my job. And she was like, we got to talk about the bonus program here. You're getting a bonus, and it's coming on Monday. It'll be in your bank account. This is how much money you're getting. And it was like, boom, instantly. Because I had believed in what God had told me, and I had chosen not to leave that part that I didn't want to take in my faith, I was rewarded for it. I really felt like that was God just saying, Hey, man, just because you don't see what's on the horizon and what I'm doing, I'm far greater than that. And if you trusted me and follow every part of the Bible that I tell you to follow, you're going to be rewarded for it. So that's just something that went went down in my life recently that I really felt like was an example of why you need to follow everything. Because I've definitely skipped out on tithing many times. And it was in those times that I felt like selfishly I had to save my money that I felt even more strapped for cash when I bet that if I would have done what he had asked me to do. I would have received his blessing and had him work in a way that is far greater than my own material possessions and what I think is available to me in this world because God is obviously far greater than anything that's going on on earth and he can bring resources to us uh, however he chooses. In Deuteronomy 5.33, the Bible says, Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. And the first sentence there, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you. It doesn't say walk in obedience to whatever you're feeling like doing or walk in obedience to the things that you enjoy or walk in obedience to whatever you think applies to your life but may not apply to other people's, you know. It tells you to walk in everything that he has commanded you. And after that, he tells you the result of that, too. He says, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. That sounds like something I'd be down for. You know, if all I have to do is surrender my will to God and do what he's asking me to do, you're telling me that I'm going to prosper and prolong my days. I think that that's a, a pretty good plan, but I think that's something that a lot of people miss out on. I think that... We also kind of leave some things in the Bible when it talks about, you know, choosing our friends. We, I, I talked about that in the past, and I think that a lot of times we think that we're wiser than the wisdom in the Bible, and we can choose to have whatever friends we want to choose to have as long as they're not having a negative influence on our life. But as I talked about in that podcast, even though they may not be having a direct negative impact on your life in that moment, over time, it's going to take its effect, you know, and you're going to start to become a product of the environment that you're around. 
And that's definitely an area that I think that our generation struggles as we try to be all inclusive and love everybody and you can't offend anyone and everything's got to be like politically correct, you know. The Bible doesn't necessarily preach that, I wouldn't say. I'm not telling you to go out and bash people and rip on them and say and do whatever you want. The underlying thing in all of the Bible is to love like Jesus loved. But at the same point in time, we can't just choose to give up that structure of how to choose our friends that the Bible tells us to use. So I think the most important thing in this is the implementation of it. The Bible gives you all these tools for life, but you have to apply them. If you're not implementing them in your life, it's just knowledge gained, but not knowledge used. And what good does information do for you if it just stays up in your brain? That'd be like studying for a math test and then just choosing not to use all the information that you just studied for a math test. You're going to fail that test. If you just use the knowledge that you had before studying, you're not going to do that hot. So I feel like reading the Bible is kind of like studying for life. You can't just, so yeah, my point is you can't just read and forget. You must put it into practice. So in James 1, 24, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I'm going to read that again because that just hits home so hard for me. So James 1, 22 through 24. Do not merely listen to the word. Don't just listen to the word. Don't just read your Bible and so deceive yourselves. I think that's what so many people do is they read their Bible and they think, man, I'm a great Christian. I read my Bible every day. Man, I'm a great Christian. I go to church every week. Man, I'm a great Christian. I sing gospel songs. But are you applying what those things are telling you to apply? Are you implementing them in your life? Are you carrying them out in your actions and the way that you speak and the way that you interact with people? I think that's so important. It says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You can't just turn a blind eye to the things that you learn in the Bible, to the things that you read in the Bible. You can't just leave them on the wayside. So I know for me, I try to read my Bible a lot. I do it as much as I possibly can, but I also don't have like a Fort Knox steel trap of a memory. I'm, I actually kind of have a terrible memory when it comes to studying and stuff like that. So for me, just just the way that I do it, everybody works different. I know some people have like eidetic memories like that limitless guy and other genius people that are way smarter than I am. But for me personally, I like to take notes. Uh, I take notes in my Bible when I'm reading. I underline stuff, which is very common to do. I take notes sometimes on physical paper if I feel like it's really hitting home for me. And then I review that stuff. I try to always write like a heading about what I feel like I'm learning or what the Spirit is speaking to me at the top of the page so that when I'm flipping through my notes, I can find whatever topic is pertinent or important at the time. And when I'm feeling a certain stress or burden or like a lesson needing to be learned in my life, I just flip back through my notes and try to find a sermon that was spoken on about it or some notes that I had taken when I was reading my Bible and refresh myself on that stuff so that it's it's on the front of my mind. You know, if you are reading your Bible and then not ever reading that passage again, you may apply that stuff for a few weeks, but it's not going to just become habit overnight. You got to review that stuff and keep it in the forefront of your brain so that you can, can, can continue 
to act on it in your life. And then most importantly and most obviously is to pray on it. I don't think that any wisdom gained from the Bible is going to do you any good unless it's inspired by the Holy Spirit or given to you by the Holy Spirit. It's the living word for a reason. And he is the one that gives you the information from the Bible. You can hand a Bible to a non-believer and have them read it, and they may glean some light from it, a little bit of information, especially maybe Proverbs that is very like logically written. But other than that, I think that a lot of the wisdom and guidance that comes from the Bible is uh, a result of the Holy Spirit and us allowing us to interpret exactly what it means for it to mean to us in that situation. I don't know if that sentence really made sense, but the world and the devil will try to convince you you're fine and will try to convince you that you are good enough just by reading the Bible. You're good enough just going to church. But I'm telling you that you have to apply these things. That's the next step. That's the most important part. And it's about forming habits that will last over a lifetime that you see those people. Like I think of my grandparents and how just like strong they are in their faith and like almost stoic in a way about their faith. I know what their actions and reactions and comments will be on situations because why they've been the exact same since like the day I was born. You know, they had been alive for 50, 60 years and had been reading about the Bible, had been studying the Bible and had been practicing what they were being preached to so much so that it just became ingrained in their DNA. Like, I couldn't imagine them without their biblical principles because it's so much a part of their daily life. For me, one example that I laugh at is that the world tries to convince you you're fine and that you can kind of be a la carte is like Planet Fitness, man. Anybody got a gym membership at Planet Fitness? I like to work out a lot and I don't really think Planet Fitness would be my first choice of gym, but it's also cheap. So it's my first choice of gym for sure. But Planet Fitness also has big old bowls of Tootsie Rolls. And they give away pizza. Like, what? That is the most counterproductive thing I have ever heard in my life. Why are you going to go to the gym and run on the treadmill for an hour and then knock out two slices of pizza? That doesn't do you any good. That is the definition of being a la carte and exercising and trying to be healthy. Like, you see it in the opposite way, too. People are like, man, I'm going to go on a keto diet or a paleo diet or I'm going to only eat salad for a month. But I'm never going to go to the gym. It's like... You might lose some weight, buddy, but you're also still going to be a flabby, weak little chicken man. You got to do both. You got to eat healthy and you got to work out. You can't do one or the other. It's a combo deal. Don't go to Planet Fitness and eat their pizza. Leave the Tootsie Rolls in the bowl. It's not how it works. Same thing with faith. In 2 Timothy 4.3, it says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And that is exactly what we're talking about right now, guys. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to a church where the pastor is speaking on something and they're leaving out just major, major doctrinal things in the Bible. And it's like, how can they look past that? How can they skip that? And the Bible warned us about it. 2,000 years ago, and I think we're rapidly approaching this time, and I think we're witnessing it in our lifetime as well, as churches are catering their messages and pulling things out of the Bible so that they can gain more followers. One example that I have in my life that was a good example not of doing or of not doing this, I would say, is I went and checked out a church for the first time, like right after New Year, just a new church just to see what it was like. 
And, you know, normally it's the new year. You're getting that pump up speech from the pastor about you can be changed. You can be saved. Like this is a new year, new you, blah, blah, blah. I went to this church and they preached about divorce for an hour and a half. They were talking about divorce. And I've gone to churches for years that have never talked about divorce. And it's because they were not trying to serve an a la carte Bible. They were trying to give you the whole thing. Divorce is a hard topic to talk about and it's a hard topic to weed through. But they were willing to tackle that issue because they want to serve their followers the whole Bible, not just pieces of it. And uh, I would say don't run from the word, adapt to it. People try to, like I said, run from the parts that they don't enjoy. And I would say do your very best to adapt your way of thinking and to adapt your lifestyle to fit to the Bible. I think that we all know that's what we should be doing, but a lot of times it's easier said than done. And as I talked about in the past too, one of the most important things that you can do here is submit to authority. You know, if you're submitting to God's authority and his will for your life, that's when you're going to get the best results. There's no doubt about that. Finally, I'd like to wrap up with this. It's kind of a long one, so hang with me. In Romans 3, verses 5 through 8, it says, But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? Certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue. If my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as some slanderously claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is just. So that's a mouthful, kind of confusing. I recommend you read that one on your own. But the point of that and what they're saying is that like a lot of people believe that they can go out and sin and uh, make wrong choices as long as God's righteousness is fulfilled in it. And I think that's why a lot of people choose this a la carte Bible thing, right? That they can choose to follow what they want to follow and they can choose to believe what they want to believe if they're using that to evangelize to people. But this verse is just its just plain as day saying those people are still very much going to be judged for their sin. You can't sin for the good of God. There is no such thing as that. You know? You're still sinning against God. You're still sinning in your own life. And you're still not doing what he has called you to do. There's a way to reach that person and to evangelize to that person and to do good without sinning. You may just have to think a little bit harder, but it is possible to be done. So I would say that was something that I struggled with because I went to college and I thought, man, I can be around all these people that are partying and doing whatever they're doing because I'm the light. I'm the one that's got God in my heart and I'm, I'm going to be a witness to them and eventually I'll win them all over and they'll see things my way. It's going to be great. Nope. I got swallowed alive. I got sucked into everything that they were doing and Sure enough, I ended up being probably one of the worst sinners of them all. And I will face my judgment for that one day. Luckily, God's grace is what saves me, and I'm able to ask for forgiveness and move forward from that. But, yeah, you, you, will, be faced, you will be facing judgment for your sins that you do, even if in your mind you think it is God's will. There is no such thing as sin that is God's will. There is no such thing in sinning with the intent of helping God. That's just not right in a false teaching. I'm going to end it there. Thanks for listening. If you guys like my message today or it spoke to you or you feel like someone in your life could, could really benefit from hearing this message, I'd like you to share, subscribe, and hit us with a five-star rating there at the bottom. If you're on that podcast app, definitely hit us with a five-star rating. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll be hearing from you.